Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of the My Tech Decisions Podcast. In today's episode, we speak with Bobby Stemfley, the Vice President and Business Unit Security Officer at Dell, about five security paradoxes and how organizations can walk a fine line between security and innovation, and how security policies need to change to reflect new workplace trends. Bobby, a former IT and security leader for US agencies and MITRE Corporation, dives into these five paradoxes to help organizations make sense of the modern computing environment and evolving threat landscape and create a more resilient security f- framework. Before we get to Bobby, here's a quick reminder to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google, and Spotify to your interviews with IT experts that can help you make the right decisions for your organization. And now here's Bobby Stumpton. So, Bobby, we're talking about uh, uh, five paradoxes that exist in cybersecurity. Um, so, you know what? You know what are those 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 paradoxes, and why you know are these you know why do these conflicts exist within cybersecurity? Yeah, I appreciate the question. Um, I have been in the security business, security and digital transformation business, for several decades now, and one of the things that is very true is that security can be complicated. And one of the reasons it can be complicated is because there are natural tensions that we live in. And as security professionals, we oftentimes ignore those tensions and double down on the security side of the um, of the scale. And I found that the more we look at those tensions, those paradoxes, actually the better our security solutions can be and the more aligned they can be with business and digital outcomes. And so um, there are a number of paradoxes in the security business. There are five that we're gonna talk about today. The first one is security and innovation are at odds with each other, right? That's a false choice. We think about um, security being the antithesis of innovation. It isn't. Um, The second one is that there's a great deal of conversation about software and uh, uh, software having vulnerabilities in it, but we live in a software defined world. So how do we reconcile that? Um, I'm sure you and your audience have heard that the, ba- uh, the borders are dead, right? There, there are no more borders or boundaries or perimeters in the world today. But in reality, we've created thousands of borders in environments. And so that's a real paradox. Um, is security a compliance business? If it's a compliance business, then how do we do risk management within it? Again, a paradox. And finally, uh, the fifth one we'll talk about today is that um, every person is responsible for their thing. Every organization or enterprise is responsible for their thing. But security is an interdependent capability. And so everyone feels the impact and action of others. Mm. Yeah, so let's dive into those. So let's let's start with the the first one, security versus innovation. Um, So yeah, and, and this is something that I'm sure you know, a lot of a lot of IT professionals see, you know, in their in their day jobs that, um, you know, a lot a lot of um, companies, you know, they want to move move fast and be on the cutting edge, but a lot of that cutting edge technology um, doesn't isn't, you know, built from, you know, with security of uh, in mind from the ground up. So how can organizations be innovative and be on a, on a cutting edge without compromising uh, their security? Yeah. So. Um... The, the real question isn't about how can you be or, or whether you should be on the cutting edge or not, because uh, organizations need to be in that space. Really, it's about uh, 
thinking about, uh, as security leaders, thinking about how we shift our view from wrapping controls around a technology or around a solution to engaging in the business activity that defines how that solution will be used and understanding uh, security at that level, identifying the controls that can be put in place as the innovation goes along. Um, and that's a, it's a different model than a checklist model at the end of the problem um, that's there. You've heard a lot about build it in. This is you know, the, the ultimate argument for building it in so that innovation can happen higher and higher in the stack where the value exists for the end users. Right. And the, the second paradox is that uh, software is inherently vulnerable, um, which I think we know given some recent, you know, supply chain attacks and, and, you know, these, you know, vulnerabilities that have become, you know, kind of front page headlines. Um, so how do we make sure that, you know, the software we're deploying and building uh, doesn't introduce the security vulnerabilities? Yeah, the, the, the best solution there is building it in, right? Secure by design, thinking about architectures and secure development activities that are there. The real paradox is we're in a software defined world, right? We have software defined everything. Um, and so are we, how do we survive in that world when you think about and thrive in that world, when you think about vulnerabilities that might exist in the, um, in the software that's there. And, and really that survival and thriving happens because software enables the kind of organizational and uh, solution agility that hasn't existed before, one. And two, it enables you to really look at your architectures and your produced code prior to release, identifying the weaknesses and the vulnerabilities earlier in the process, such mm -hmm. that when it gets into production, your, your production code is higher quality um, and more secure. So for the for the customer and the, you know the customers IT professionals you know how you know is there are there other best practices to you know test the, or or vet the security of these products? Yeah. Uh, so secure development life cycles are an important part of how you do uh, how you do those things. Dell's got a really uh, a, a really industry leading program in our um, in our secure development life cycles. As a matter of fact, the head of our product security is also the chair of SafeCode. Um, so we help to drive um, standards for the industry as a whole. Um, solutions range from embedding security experts in the product teams themselves, mm -hmm. um, doing reviews throughout the process, threat modeling, um, and, as well as static and uh, dynamic code testing as we go through, uh, go through the situations. And the goal is obviously to identify the issues prior to release while you're still in production and while you or while you're still in in build and test um, such that you can respond to it quickly and then leveraging the software world the models that are there embedded within the software in order to identify where architectural gaps might be and weaknesses might be and then being able to compensate for those as well right um and, and the third one you're right is that um the, the uh, putting kind of you know the Boundaries versus the perimeterless security uh, that we, you know, uh, are, are rumored to be in now. Um, so, and you write that security, or I'm sorry, that zero trust is a key response. 
um, to this paradox. Um, so, you know, why is that, you know, the, the key security policy for, um, which, you know, I think is the reason behind, you know, this, you know, perimeterless approach, uh, um, you know, distributed work. Yeah, so when we- Perimeterless. <laughs> it's the word, right? Yeah. Um, we've, our historic approach for securing has been, you know, producing a network boundary as much as possible, hardening that network boundary, um, and then um, enabling a little more uh, relaxed, uh, relaxed security posture inside that network boundary. That clearly isn't working today. Um, and what we've done is we've produced uh, more and more boundaries at the almost at the container level, right? So now we have to understand how each of these elements should interact with another um, and how they should act as a, as a system of systems. And that's where zero trust fits in, right? Zero trust is really about verifying interactions, not just saying if you're in the gate, you are, uh, you're welcome and, and mm. capable of being there, but validating each interaction um, and managing uh, control planes and policies to enable those interactions, not just at the individual user level, but at the system level and even at the process level. Right. And this is so, I mean, obviously zero trust has been, you know, a big part of cybersecurity for <laughs> um, maybe maybe about a handful of years. It's been like, you know, the key buzzword in security. Um, and the idea of, of vetting, you know, the, these, you know, individual transactions and rather than just like, you know, once someone's in, you know, they're, they're trusted. That seems like it's a big haul for, for um, you know, any IT or security team. So how do we make it um, you know, easier to you know, achieve like a true zero trust position? Yeah, um, so zero trust is a journey for any organization and it's not a greenfield journey. It's a journey built on your existing security programs, security tools, and an evolution of that um, even further. And, and so the first step is obviously understanding your environments, understanding your systems, having key authentication and access management functions in place, having a control plane that enables you to make uh, access decisions within your environment. And it, it isn't, you aren't going to flip a switch and be there, um, right. as I said, right? It is, it is very much this journey of activities that moves above the network level um, and one where I know the uh, tools and capabilities that we provide at Dell are, are you know, designed uh, to help customers with their zero trust journey. Um, so you say we're moving toward a, I'm sorry, moving on to uh, your, your fourth uh, paradox, security compliance versus risk management. You said that we're moving toward a risk management model rather than um, security compliance model. Um, can you, if you know, walk us through that and explain why maybe, you know, practicing good cyber hygiene, which is, you know, is a key component of com uh, compliance model, why that's no longer enough? So I, I want to first correct your comment. It's, sure. it. Uh, or um, cyber hygiene is has never been enough, mm. right? It's always been the the foundation. Um, and just like physical hygiene, right? As your physical health, hygiene is the foundation of right. your health. It's never been enough, um, mm. and it isn't enough uh, today. And and more and more. Um, if you think about security as just a checklist, here's the set of controls, uh, go measure compliance against those controls. Um, and 
hound organizations and individuals into submission until they comply with those controls, you uh, lose visibility of the sort of the reason for why organizations exist and what their functions are. Now, I am in no way saying security controls are not important. They are, and they need to be in place, and they serve as the foundation even for our risk management uh, program. But there are situations where you have to decide whether you uh, must, uh, whether you're able to execute a particular control. Um, it could be something as simple as you need to do testing with software that's out of date. You have a control, uh, you know, one of the uh, CIS controls is uh, asset management and configuration management. Keeping your software up to date is an important part of that. Um, you have a business need to have a piece of software that doesn't have the latest patch. How do you come at that from a risk management perspective in order to decide whether that makes a good sense, whether the business risk of not executing that test outweighs the uh, security requirement of meeting that control? Right. Um, and that takes a level of assessment and understanding and thinking um, as a part of it. And that's the that's where we are today and where we will be in the future uh, for cyber for cybersecurity. Great. Um, so your fifth is one that that I found uh, very interesting uh, lately. That um, that the idea that everyone is responsible for cybersecurity in any organization, not their not just their you know IT or security team, and also you know speaks to this larger cultural issue of um, you know the entire you know tech industry kind of you know teaming up to to solve some of these issues. And I think we are moving towards that, and you know, kind of away from from you know this competition in cyber shaming you know x company that that gets hacked but you know what else needs to change to to um, you know get everyone kind of on the same page so i think the first thing that needs to change is we need to stop thinking about cybersecurity as a completely solvable problem mm. uh, Technology and innovation is going to continue to grow. Threat actors are always going to exist, and they're always going to be looking for ways to get into, to gain access to the most valuable things in organizations. And so thinking about cybersecurity as a solvable problem forces you to um, start taking a lowest common denominator kind of approach and changes the cultural uh, awareness of it, puts you back in that checklist mentality. Um, and so really understanding that the evolution of the technology is going to require greater and richer conversations about security earlier and earlier mm -hmm. in the technology development, more transparency about what the technology is made of, and more agility in how enterprises operate. Um, and that, uh, that really speaks to the core foundations in many of these paradoxes. Yeah, and you know, the idea of you know, the, the, the bad actors, they also innovate and come up with new ways to compromise our systems. And they have access to the same cutting edge technologies that, that any enterprise does. Um, so yeah, is it, is it, you know, how often do you, should you kind of, you know, reassess your, your posture when you know that, you know, you know, the bad guys are, you know, innovating and coming up with, with, you know, new methods as well. So a good security program has a strong risk management element and a continual reassessment. 
right, uh, back to the year never done. Um, and we're always evolving in, in environments. So, so I would say um, if you're never bringing in new technology um, or new data or new business processes into your organization, you probably don't need to assess it quite as often. Right. Um, but I don't know any place that's like that. And so uh, having the culture of having everyone think about what they're doing, right? Take a moment, take a breath and think about the piece of information that they're processing um, and uh, the technology in, in the environment. Having the security professionals and the technology professionals um, tightly aligned, I think is, the, uh, is key to the future. I think um, one of the challenges that is still present, um, even though you know, we've seen these headline grabbing you know, attacks is that um, I think IT and security leaders are still fighting for for a budget from their from their leaders. I think, you know, uh, you know, there is a you know potential recession coming up, and I and you know I've seen some data that suggests you know IT budgets are you know getting hit a little bit. So how you know what how, what's a good way to bring these conversations you know to those those business leaders to um, really you know fight for the, for that you know uh, that extra funding. Start with the fact that they are business conversations. Mm. Um, that's, I think, the important element uh, to start with. Um, bring forward uh, risk, uh, risk insights and um, uh, vulnerability metrics, right? Understanding what is the size of the enterprise? Where is the data? Uh, those are important parts of how you have a business decision about business resourcing. Fear-based decision-making is, uh, um, is easier to do when, uh, uh, when times are fat, harder to do when times are lean. Right. Great. Um, very good, Bobby. I think that does it for the questions I had. Is there anything else that you wanted to, uh, to hit on and, and, and you know, tell our listeners about? Yeah, thank you. Really appreciate the time. And um, security is a really nuanced problem. It's a nuanced problem because it's a human problem. Right. And it's a, a digital transfer pushed by the digital transformation. And so the uh, these paradoxes, are, I think, but a few of the ones that we live with every day, um, not just in the security field, but in the um, in the digital uh, transformation uh, world today. Thank you for the time. Of course, thanks very much.